We acknowledge that we work on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge that this land is stolen land and that sovereignty was never ceded. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to this week's episode of This Crown is on Fire. I've grabbed myself a glass of wine. I'm making myself comfortable in my little walk-in robe studio. And I'm pretty much ready to sit here and uh, do a bit of a solo episode with you. I put this week aside for a solo episode uh, once the lockdown was announced because uh, this is just about our sort of halfway point And I thought by now that Melbourne might know how things were going. And then when the mandatory mask ruling came in, I was extra glad that I had this space put aside because I knew that I would have thoughts and feelings and things that I wanted to say about it. So uh, I suggest you also grab yourself your favourite beverage, uh, find yourself somewhere comfy and uh, buckle in for the ride. As always, I'm going to start with my what's on fire and what have you extinguished this week. Now, in terms of things that were on fire, we went back to remote learning this week. Uh, It was much easier and I described it to my team as a bit like riding a bike. Uh, Terrifying, but familiar. And so the kids seem to be much better at it this time around. Uh, We've changed up a few of the resources so it's a bit easier for them to access. And it's not so much pressure in terms of like submitting tasks that they would just normally do in their workbooks on, you know, the big fancy system that they hand their assignments in. And I think just even going through the ceremony of that process added that stress to it. So we have left that system just for our big summative cats and all of our week-to-week work we're going to simply do in Microsoft Teams, which is the platform that my school is using. Nevertheless, uh, there are a surprising number of students who have uh, mic issues this week and I've given them a bit of a deadline that by next week I anticipate they'll have those sorted out. And I'm basically giving them that concept that if I have to do this for four weeks, I will not survive if I can't hear their voice. They have to be able to give me that validation uh, so that we can chat to them uh, and know where they're at. And quite often the conversations are me saying things out loud and them typing back to me. And I want them to understand that those two forms of communication are different uh, and the way that you do them is differently. So... Uh, Yeah, that's basically my big fat fire of the week, remote learning. Uh, I had forgotten how long it takes to edit a video. Um, I've got, you know, 10 minute, 20 minute lecture videos that I'd forgotten take longer than that to record and longer than that to edit and uh, longer than that to upload. So yeah, I've spent a lot of my day putting together videos for this week's lessons, Uh, but it will make my job fractionally easier throughout the week. And hopefully I'm a bit more organised this week. I can actually get some of the recording done during the week uh, and the editing done next weekend. What have I extinguished this week? Well, uh, in a 
not quite crisis because I feel like I preempted this, my kitchen kettle was starting to uh, be on its way out. It did that classic thing where it started to get really loud when it boiled. It was getting more and more difficult to clean and uh, the water just wasn't as hot when it did boil. So I knew that we were going to have to replace it really soon. They are they don't really make those like they used to and to be honest I'm pretty sure that I bought that kettle with my ex-husband when we sold our house uh, just before we split up. So you know that's a good three years I suppose and I don't think it was very expensive. I'm pretty sure it was a cheapie from Kmart so uh, we're probably lucky that it lasted as long as it did. But since we were going to need to replace it I thought that I could either go down the route of getting a really expensive but really pretty kettle uh, or I could start down the automation route and uh, so that's what we did. So we bought a relatively expensive kettle that was on special uh, that actually has an app associated with it so that when I am laying in bed in the morning I can tell the kettle to start boiling so that I don't have to spend quite so long in the kitchen before taking my coffee back to bed. Uh, but as we all know, my girls make me a coffee in the morning and bring it into bed for me every day because I'm ridiculously lucky and they are so good. But it means that I can make their life a little bit easier and boil the kettle for them first. Uh, likewise, they can set the app up and they can do the same thing when they want a cup of soup or a hot chocolate or whatever they like. So uh, we got a bit addicted to that and so not only did we buy an automated kettle but we got a Chromecast for the television that has lived in my bedroom for you know six months now but there's no tv antenna point in my bedroom and this is the first time that i've had a house that didn't have a tv antenna in the main bedroom so it's just kind of sat on that desk of drawers for six months and not really done anything so uh, the other day we bought a chromecast and hooked that up and it was very nice to be able to sit in bed this morning and watch insiders with my coffee on a television rather than on my phone so that was very enjoyable if you are on Twitter you can definitely follow me at Willissa H on Twitter which is mostly just political rantings it really is where I do my best political complaining today I had a couple of choice things to say about our treasurer and his uh, remarkable faith in everyone's love for Margaret Thatcher and uh, also he made some comments this week about women having more babies just two weeks after cancelling free childcare and uh, taking away that accessibility to women. So, you know, it's a, it's a funny old world, isn't it? So Chromecast is in the bedroom now, which is great. And he's going to make watching the news in the morning and back to my old routine really, really helpful. So looking forward to that. And then we also bought a Google Home for in the kitchen. You might know that I bought my youngest daughter one for her birthday because she's getting older. Eight is a really hard age. She's a bit too old for lots of Barbies and lots of toys. She's not really old enough for sort of just clothes or vouchers or things like that. So she really likes music. She likes listening to music and choosing her own music. So we thought we'd get her a Google Home or a Google Nest Mini for in her bedroom so she could tell it to play her music, particularly at night time. 
the Google Nest actually comes with this really cool function where the characters from Frozen will tell you a story. So there are lots of different stories from each of the characters. So she's really enjoyed that process as well. And I quite liked it. Uh, the way that she can talk to it, it makes it really easy for her. Uh, she could set timers for like, you know, when I'd say to her, go and spend 10 minutes cleaning up your bedroom, she could say, hey Google, set me a timer. And so I picked up one uh, refurbished, so not a full price one, uh, a refurbished one to put in my kitchen. So we really have used that. I really was putting it off for so long because I thought, you know, what's the point? Uh, but the fact that, you know, I can set timers when I'm cooking things, we had a birthday party Saturday night uh, that was on Zoom and it was a surprise party. So we had to be online at the right time so that we were there before the birthday boy turned up. And so I got Google to set me an alarm to say, hey, go to the party. So that was fun. We've really enjoyed having that. The kitchen has been pretty handy. Um, and it's been nice to be able to play podcasts and music while I'm cleaning or cooking um, and no one else is about. So that's been good. So that's my extinguisher. Home automation. I also set up one of those smart plugs, which I bought ages ago and just couldn't manage because I'm a thousand years old. Um, I set that up properly tonight. So also the lamp in my lounge room now works off my phone, which is good because the switch is on the floor and the floor is under the couch. So it's really hard to turn on otherwise. So that's pretty good too. Happy with that. So yeah, that's my extinguish. Uh, home automation. Way of the future. Uh, my 16-year-old is pretty much threatening to move out because she says the house is going to take over uh, and kill us all. So, you know, she's not a conspiracy theorist at all. And that's a pretty good segue into my main part of conversation. Now, when I started this podcast, the original purpose was not so much to be focused on the pandemic as such. But I guess it's such a big part of our life at the moment that it's really difficult to do episodes that don't really deal with it. It's really part of our everyday story and the point of this podcast really was to look at everyday women and everyday challenges and everyday solutions. Pandemic life has really kicked up in Victoria of late uh, and this week Premier Dan Andrews introduced the mandatory wearing of masks. Now this is a legislation uh, that is part of the state of emergency where pretty much any time a state or territory is put under a state of emergency, the Chief Health Officer has the authority to create recommendations and policies that come into effect and don't need to be passed into legislation for it to be an offence to cross them because your offence is against a state of emergency. So that legislation has already been passed. The conditions of that state of emergency have already been passed. They've, they've gone through both houses of the parliament. They're in effect. So when you don't follow the Chief Health Officer's recommendations, you are actually committing an offence. But this week, once mandatory masks came into effect, we saw such a bizarre amount of people refuse to wear them. And yes, they are very uncomfortable. Uh, today the dogs and I went for a very long walk and I opted not to wear a mask because they were quite restrictive around my face. Um, and I knew that I wanted to walk a substantial amount so that Toby would be tired later today. So what I did was I created a face covering out of a, a scarf so that it would be a bit looser um, and I could breathe a bit easier around it. And on my walk, I literally walked past no one. But you know what? 
there are certainly parts of my walk where there's no footpath on the other side of the road. So if I had walked past someone, I would have been within 1.5 metres of them, particularly with the two dogs, particularly if they'd had a pram or a kid on a bike. It's not impossible that on that walk, I would have come into contact with someone and been in close contact with them. Not for 15 minutes. The risk would have been pretty low, but ultimately, you know, we're starting to have doubts about exactly how the virus is passed on. We think it might be airborne, and who knows, maybe a two or three minute interaction with someone if they cough or sneeze might be enough. So, in the interest of, one, not committing an offence, and two, keeping public safety, and three, getting used to that mask, I wore the mask on my, on my walk. It is absolutely my right to go outside of my house. But I do not have the right to go against legislation put forward from the parliament. I have the right to vote at every state election. I have the right to write to my minister and express my displeasure. I have the right to protest and lobby for change. But I don't necessarily have the right to go against the health minister's recommendations. So I'm a bit irritated by individuals who risk the health and safety of those around them for the sake of their rights. I saw an excellent tweet that was shared on Facebook that made the analogy between stop signs and masks. But if you're driving a car, then you have every right to drive wherever you would like, in whatever way you like, and the only thing stopping you is some legislation. And so, this particular tweet suggested that that person wasn't going to stop at any more stop signs, that it wasn't their responsibility to be careful with the safety of others, and that if they crashed, that the state should deal with it. And ultimately, it's a great analogy. I don't have to stop at stop signs. You know, it's a recommendation, it's a road guideline. But it's a piece of legislation that suggests that I need to follow the recommendations of Vic Roads, and thus, in the interest of public safety, I stop at stop signs. I don't love wearing a mask. I've talked about the fact that I'm hearing impaired before and wearing masks makes my life pretty uncomfortable. I wasn't completely aware of just how reliant I'd always been on lip reading um, and asking for clearer instructions or reading presentations as facilitators presented them. But in this world full of face coverings, I have really discovered just how reliant on them I am. And so now, sometimes I think a shop assistant is saying hello to me or asking me how my day is, but I don't really answer them because I don't really know what they've said to me. Sometimes I can tell they're acknowledging me uh, and I try to make eye contact and, you know, nod appreciatively, but I don't really know what they've said. And so if I was going to ask someone for help in a shop, that would be pretty confronting for me because I can't guarantee that I'll be able to understand the answer um, and I don't know how to communicate with that person that I can't. Uh, I know a lot of my hearing impaired colleagues uh, have been taking pen and paper with them so that if they get stuck they can you know explain the situation and get the other person to write things down but ultimately we are in a pandemic and we're trying to reduce contact uh, and I think that asking 
someone else to take my paper and my pen that I've been carrying around is risky for them. And equally, taking it back off them after they've touched it, equally risky for me. So I'm not sure if I'm going to do that. Certainly hand gestures are really helpful, but I think ultimately that, you know, the hearing impaired community are going to find this process really isolating. That's not suggesting that we shouldn't wear masks. That's not suggesting that we should refuse. It just means that we need to be a bit more understanding, um, not only of you know, people when we're out and about, but of our friends. They don't want to catch up with you to go for a walk or whatnot. It's not because they don't want to. It's because they won't enjoy that process. And that's really important. Some people have been quick to remind me that just a couple of months ago, the Premier and the Chief Health Officer were suggesting that we don't wear masks if we're feeling healthy. And why have they made this flip? Well, effectively, in March and April, we had a really low number of PPE for our medical staff. Certainly, uh, the crafting community had not come to the party about face masks just yet, and so there weren't really a large stock of those either. Effectively, Dan Andrews' quote from the National Nine News on April 1st, ironically, uh, is that for every mask that a healthy person wore back in April, it was a mask wasted. That our health services were our you know, final line of defence. And if they didn't have the resources, then you know, things could get really bad. Since then, our state and our Commonwealth have stocked up on PPE. We certainly have enough masks for our health department according to our authorities. And so it actually puts people in a much more in a much better position to actually be able to access disposable masks safely and often. But also, uh, we've seen from counterparts in the US and in Europe exactly how making face masks work. And now we have a whole community of local makers who have been uh, manufacturing them. I myself have been making some face masks, but I've been making some of the tubular face shields. Um, I might have mentioned uh, on Instagram during the week that my partner has quite a substantial beard and so an ordinary face mask doesn't quite create uh, the seal that you need uh, with a beard. So his work recommended that he get some face shields which effectively work like a really big neck warmer. So they're quite tight but they're quite long uh, and I have actually found them to be a little bit more comfortable than the, ever the average face mask just because they're a bit uh, softer on my skin they don't feel quite so restrictive around my ears and the back of my head uh, but they are still the type of material that does get moist quite quickly and that can make breathing a little bit more difficult so we went to Costco to do our big food shop for the month on Saturday and uh, we were there for about an hour and that's the longest that I've had to wear the mask because obviously I'm working from home uh, when my partner drives home from work, he generally does the grocery shop. Then if we need any bits and pieces, uh, extra vegetables or whatnot for the evening meal. So I haven't really had to go anywhere. Uh, so yeah, it was the longest time that I've had it on. Um, and it really is what prompted me to use my scarf as a mask when I was walking. So yeah, it was, it was pretty uncomfortable. Since then... Um, I've also ordered some more face shields from an independent seller in Etsy 
and I've ordered a collection of different face masks and my intention is to put together a basket at my front door of ones that fit mostly the girls and I. My youngest will need some smaller ones uh, but that way there'll be a supply there and we can just wash them at the end of the day and put them back in that drawer basket when we're done. I suspect based on the numbers that we're getting here in Victoria which are still in their sort of high 300s, high 400s, back to high 300s. Uh, it's a real yo-yo at the moment. I suspect we're going to be looking at masks as part of our everyday life for some time yet. We are really supposed to be looking at heading back to school in the next three weeks and I just can't see how, with the numbers as they are, that the numbers will be low enough to return to school by August 20. But it's pretty nerve-wracking. And it's pretty stressful for the kids, not because they're remote learning, but because they don't know when the end is. And they know that the numbers have to come down, but they don't know when that will happen. This week, our state government also released a series of television commercials uh, that talk to real people about their experiences with coronavirus. Uh, the media seems to be really focused on one family where the uh, paternal human in that family, the father, uh, was in an induced coma for 72 days earlier this year. Uh, he talks about how difficult his symptoms were uh, and how difficult his symptoms still are and that coronavirus is really serious even for someone who is not particularly old like himself. If I was to guess, I would say he was my age or possibly younger. He also gave uh, the virus to his wife. Obviously, they're in close quarters, and that sounds pretty reasonable. But it would appear that uh, unintentionally, she then passed it on to her mother, uh, who was elderly and passed away from the virus. Um, and that's a really tragic outcome for that family. And I'm really pleased to see the government take this sort of TAC approach the TAC here in Victoria is the Transport Accident Commission. They're a government-owned organisation that pays for the treatments and the co uh, compensation to people who are involved in road accidents, depending on you know the circumstances of those particular accidents. And they're really well known for some really uh, emotionally hard advertising. Very graphic, very real, uh, no sort of single cuts or cuts away or whatnot, some really strong advertising. So whenever anybody makes something that's a bit emotive or very real, we kind of refer to it as sort of TAC advertising. Uh, and so these ones are designed to do that exact thing. They're designed to hit home. They're designed to show you real people and the real consequences of this virus and just why the, the government is being so conservative, why we've got this lockdown, why we're not sending our kids to school, why you're being asked to work at home uh, if you can, why we're trying to rest restrict movement around suburbs. And so hopefully those people who haven't, you know, drunk the conspiracy Kool-Aid too much will be able to really see the real humans in these ads. And hopefully my newsfeed has, you know, far fewer comments about the fact that it's just a virus and it's just like the flu and the flu kills more people than coronavirus etc etc 16 people died from this virus this weekend and yes the vast majority of those people were elderly residents 
uh, who were living in aged care facilities for the most part. But there was also a man in his 60s, which is how old my dad is in his 60s. And my niece and my nephew are four and two. My youngest child is eight. And I can't imagine a world where those kids grow up not knowing who my dad is. Uh, He's such a huge influence in my life that I I can't fathom an idea that my kids would grow up and not know or remember him. And so hearing those stories where people, you know, who are the same age as people we know and we love are dying from this virus really hit home and they're the things that I remembered as I felt a bit claustrophobic in my mask this weekend. And they're the things that I remember when I feel a bit sorry for myself because I know that I won't be able to hear people very well when I'm wearing my face mask. Also this weekend, a man aged in his 40s passed away. My partner and I attended a Zoom birthday party this weekend that was a 40th. My partner himself will be 40 at the end of the year. My girl's father is 40. And so the fact that this virus does have an impact on younger people, that it doesn't just discriminate, it doesn't just take older people, is such an important thing for our community to remember. And regardless if you are in your 40s or your 50s or your 60s or your 70s or your 80s, there's no innings. There's no time that you have to retire from this world. As far as we know, all of those people in their 80s that passed away from coronavirus this week had a decade, 15 years worth of life left in them. 15 years sees my niece to her 18th birthday. And for me, if my dad was in his 80s, then knowing that she would be able to remember him and remember time with him is so vital and so meaningful. And it's just not worth the risk. We already know that more people are going to pass away from this virus. Why would we want to increase the the averages of that? But of course, I know that I am probably preaching to the choir. Um, I know that if you're listening to this podcast, uh, you probably feel pretty similarly to me. Uh, But if you don't, if you really do think that the mask thing is too far and the economy is much too important and that we really are too far gone and we should just let the virus run rampant and try and help the health system as much as we can, you know, I would love to have a chat to you. I'm all for learning new perspectives. Um, I really want to understand a little bit more about where those thoughts and feelings come from. Uh, because I I don't have them and I can't find anywhere uh, inside of me that can justify those theories. And that's not to say that you won't be able to rise that sort of empathy in me. So yeah, don't be afraid. Happy to have a chat, uh, happy to listen to your point of view, uh, and really happy to not only listen but consider. So yeah, please, find me on Instagram, at thiscrownisonfire, uh, and come and have a chat. Let me know what you think um, and try and change my mind. Very open to change. Speaking of Instagram, uh, you'll have noticed that I released a really short bonus episode of the podcast uh, to talk about the fact that last week's co-host, Joe and I, 
have decided that we're going to do a bit of a book review or a book debrief. We've both managed to get our hands on Women and Leadership by Julia Gillard and Ngozi Onkojo Iwela. I probably terribly mispronounced that and I'm so sorry. But yeah, we've both got our hands on it and we're really keen uh, to read it through and then have a chat about it to debrief what we think, what our favourite parts were, what we learnt, uh, what we're going to put into practice in our own lives. And we'd really love for you to be part of that process as well. So uh, get yourself a copy of the book, uh, have a bit of a read, uh, and then listen to us and let us know what you agree with, what you don't agree with, uh, and what you learnt and what you're going to pass on. In fact, I'd love to be able to include some of those in the episode of the podcast as well. So if you manage to read the book, uh, please send me an email at thiscrownisonfire at gmail.com with women and leadership in the subject uh, and let me know what you learnt, what you loved, what you didn't like and what you're going to implement in your own life to uh, really see your own leadership skills take on. We're going to release that episode of the podcast on August 9, which is actually National Book Lovers Day. So I think that's super cool. Um, I'm pretty excited that it coincides with those two things and we might have some extra uh, feminist literature recommendations for you as well. Don't forget... Uh, that it would be really fantastic if you could rate and review us in your favourite podcast app, uh, particularly Apple, uh, because it really does help spread the word about the podcast. Maybe you could share it on Instagram or on Facebook with your friends and family or on Twitter. Uh, Make sure that you tag us if you do, particularly on Instagram. If you are listening to the podcast in a particular place, whether it be at your desk while you're working or on a walk uh, or at the grocery store. Uh, If you can take a photo of doing that and tag us on Instagram in your story, that would be fantastic. We'd love to see where you are listening to the podcast. Uh, So uh, on that note, I will bid you adieu. Uh, Have a lovely week. Stay safe, stay inside and wear a mask. I will hear you next week.